This is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. The Modern Architect features one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. Our show informs and illuminates the transformation that architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. And now, introducing the host of The Modern Architect, Tom Dioro. Today, we're uh, really honored, to, and, and I'm excited, to have uh, Bob Habian, architect, entrepreneur, puzzle builder, problem solver, CEO, and co-founder of Tech App Incorporated. I get that directly from Bob's uh, social media handle on uh, Twitter. You can find him on the web at tech.com. That's T-E-C-T dot com. Again, T-E-C-T dot com. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com. Bob, really thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Tom. It's my pleasure. Bob, we, as we talked about just before the show and a little, a little earlier, is if you have a if you have a quote or something that really resonates in your personal and in professional endeavors that uh, you, you kind of it may not have to be a go to, but something that really resonates or, or, or rings true for you as you uh, on your journey personally and professionally. Sure, thank you. Um, my father, who passed last year, God rest Sorry. his soul. I yes. uh, was an immigrant from Romania, and uh, it was a bit of a struggle for him to come to the U.S. and, you know, venture into this new new country and learn a new language. And uh, he did quite well for himself. But early on, he sat me down and talked to me about our name, our family name, and talked about how much sacrifice went into, you know, all that made our lives possible. And I think his intention was just to still me for a moment to understand the importance of legacy and sacrifice and meaning. And one of the things I took away from that experience and I've experienced in my life thus far is that I like to think of my life as a space between all the generations before me and all the generations to follow. And how best can I connect those two ends with the life that I've been given? Related to that is an awareness for the wisdom and the experience and the generational development in families, in trades, in business. And that at the end of the day, each of us are living in that space between each of our pasts and each of our futures. And so it puts a particular focus on people and relationships. And I just view those relationships as more than what I see in front of me in the moment. Touch, touch on that, if you, if you will, uh, that legacy and why that really matters so much to you, personally and professionally. Well, personally, just going back to my father, you know, it takes a while to, to understand people, even as close as family. And I was able to witness and experience the maturity of my relationship with my father over the years, over the decades. And just to, before he passed and as he passed, it was just a gentle 
resolution of all that he taught me and this idea that, you know, this life is finite and when we leave, those that are left are, are here to carry on. And so I, I've, I've been in that position with friends and other family members who have passed. I was there with my father's uh, last days and uh, personally, what's this all for, right? If not to take that into consideration. Um, professionally, um, you know, coming into the practice and into the profession of, of architecture in the building industry, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, pretty naive on a lot of fronts. And over the last almost three decades of work, I'm, I'm finally settling in to a very similar place where I'm appreciating that, you know, I have desires to see massive change happen in the building industry. And so much of it is going to have to happen after I'm gone. And so professionally, it narrowed my focus to say, all right, in the time I have here, how can I distill all that could be done into that which can be done? Um, and, and what really am I here to, to do? And so that really brings me to the work I do today and the, the reason for my work, and that is to build a foundation in the building industry for change by bringing people together at the earliest stage of projects to share the wisdom and collaborate as early as possible so that our projects are near fully informed at the front. And that's in stark contrast to the way most projects happen today. Um, so at the end of the day, people at the center of that, the transfer of knowledge, that knowledge sometimes is coming from, say, a third generation, you know, steel worker or, mm -hmm. you know, roles of various sort that, that took a while. And recognizing that each of us, even on one project, that project experience is a piece of, a, of the legacy that we'll leave to others. You know, both that we know and so many more that we'll never meet. And uh, anyway, I like, I like working in that context because it, it puts a lot of weight on things, but keeps it pretty real on a day-to-day -day and human-to-human because we're going to make mistakes along the way, and that's okay. Um, and, and so I just enjoy being in that space. The, uh, for tech, what you're saying, that human-to-human, -human, I find that a, a, a great segue, is that it's a human... Your website is not only, um, I think, it's excellent, but it's also engaging. It makes you want to look for more that you wouldn't mm. didn't know. Is it was very actually very human. You, you, here's my opinion: you took a very technical, complex process and you've made it as real, real, and I'm using your word, real and interesting and engaging as possible. Was that by design? I would say in hindsight, yes. You know, mostly you think about design being something you're looking toward as you design and saying, let me design this for the future. But frankly, that site and most of our, our assets related to tech um, are the result of many iterations, right, of refinement and distilling and trying to put the story in a simpler uh, format that, that folks could engage um, one of the challenges, as we all know, is it's such a digital-first, digital-heavy life that we all experience these days that a lot of those digital bells and whistles we're just numb to. Oh. And, um, you know, what are we doing with that? Is it working? Is it not? And so part of my, uh, if you want to call it design for messaging related to tech, 
is to understand how to use those digital assets and technology to cut a shorter path back to human connection and storytelling. You know, the way we used to transfer knowledge was around the fire, generation to generation, by mouth, face to face. And there's so much more information we can now access. And so this, which I'm about to say, is kind of foundational for tech, and that is understanding the difference between data and information versus knowledge and wisdom. So most of the digital tools that are out to structure the information, particularly in the building industry where most of it is as yet unstructured, that data itself is just information. I don't know what I don't know most of the time. And so getting help to make sense of that information requires experience, knowledge, and wisdom. So I'm of the opinion that those of us involved in technology need to pick a side. We're either going to push the envelope and be, by definition, innovators who are innovating on existing innovation, which sets a fairly fast pace to our work. The other side is on team adoption. What's the rate of adoption? Well, by definition, it's slower than the rate of innovation. So every day the gap is growing. And so I can either innovate or help others adopt that which has been innovated previously. And I personally am picking the side of using technology as a means to build traction sooner than later so that we can realize the potential of that which has been developed. Right? The classic story is the old programming the VCR clock or using our email uh, wisely or other, other things about adopting technology. Go ahead. I'm curious as to how this means and matters so much to you, if you don't mind sharing. Uh, you know, I think it's taken directly from some of the experiences along the way. I'll, I'll give you two. Um, a portion of my career was spent in Silicon Valley during the first dot-com boom, and I was fortunate to be a part of a team that helped venture-backed companies accelerate their innovations. And we would help them collectively as a group of companies and consultants. We would help a large client make decisions in three days for a quarter million dollars that would otherwise take them a year and a million dollars on average. And the takeaway from that experience again and again was that it's hard to get there from here. Like if you have a destination, it's hard to get there from here unless you know what the there is in full color. So first fully defining that end destination, no holds barred, what are you trying to achieve? Let's identify that first. When we do that, we can then find our way back to here, you know, a dozen ways, and just reverse engineer the path from there to here. And for me, that just put a very literal structure to a very human process. And if I don't navigate that way, and I'm just fully human saying, hey, where do we want to go today? And it's a bunch of opinions and wishes and dreams, um, yeah, we, we really don't even know where we're going collectively. And most 
processes are, are done that way. So that was a big learning uh, moment to say, what happens if we fully define together that destination, then work backwards? Another experience was I was working with a concrete block manufacturer. And um, I'll keep the story short, but essentially witnessed a project at UC Davis in California that leveraged the power of thermal mass within a concrete masonry wall. And the project on campus was attempting to achieve a net zero outcome. They couldn't quite fit enough photovoltaics on the roof to offset the mechanical system required for this building. But a very savvy mechanical engineer understood the principles of thermal mass and calculated that with an exposed slab inside the building, if he was just able to increase the capacity of interior exposed surface area of thermal mass, that he could alter the energy strategy on the building. And so he calculated literally a partial height block wall on the inside of the building for no other purpose than increased surface area of thermal mass and calculated that there was literally no mechanical system required, hence no photovoltaics required. And the project achieved a net zero outcome by leveraging a partial height concrete block wall in exchange for a full-blown mechanical system and PV solution, saving first cost and 50-year life cycle costs. The power of that insight and wisdom coming from that engineer's understanding of thermal mass and the application of this simple material that most of us thought we knew, many of the manufacturers of the material itself, of the concrete block, literally had no idea that their material was that powerful. So if we just want to focus on the information and the data, when you think about concrete block, you'd probably think a 8816 gray block and I'd use it on a trash enclosure or a storage building or other things, not as an energy strategy to achieve net zero. Um, the California code is very favorable to thermal mass strategies, but most in practice, including energy modelers, aren't as experienced in thermal mass because we're mostly dealing with insulated, framed insulated structures. Um, so those are a couple of examples of how that, you know, handoff of, of information and knowledge and wisdom and people interacting with, with the data uh, is really what it's all about. And, and so I get more excited about outcomes and achieving those outcomes, kind of in the case of that net zero outcome, than in uh, getting too excited about the technology alone or information alone. It's applied information, technology enabled, interpreted by humans for, for a, a mutual outcome. Fascinating. This is the Modern Architect podcast. We're talking today with Bob Habian, architect, entrepreneur, and CEO and co-founder of Tech App Incorporated. For more information, you can visit their website at tech.com. That's T-E-C-T dot com, tech.com. Bob, again, I keep hearing that human element for such so many, as we say, digital and technology and all those complexities. What's your personal take, if you're at liberty to share, you know, on the, the human that the value of the human element and how we just cannot escape that if we even tried or want to. Maybe, maybe, you know, it can be characterized in the context of um, youthful naivete versus 
uh, mature wisdom, right? Okay. Fill in the blank between those books. Sure. <laughs> and there's a lot that could be, you know, thought about and, and, and talked about and read about and learned about the humans, the human experience, right? Um, one of the observations in the building industry, for example, when we look at some of the building types and construction types that are in practice today, some of those haven't changed in 50 years. Even though knowledge about how to do things better perhaps has. So the human factors of change are kind of the limiter here. Like we can design a better tomorrow and a better process and better technology, again, innovating at pace of innovation and beyond. But adopting that um, is a different story. Um, it, it's a repetitive kind of notion here. Um, but if we really want to say lower energy costs on all housing, if you really think about that, we have to think much bigger and broader than increasing the energy efficiency of some of the mechanical units or appliances or, you know, the quality of windows or any of these factors by themselves are just a mere facet of an overall outcome. And to pull off an, an innovated out, outcome on a whole building type, how many decisions would have to be coordinated to be improved? Maybe, maybe a thousand. By whom? By disparate people on a project delivery team. Right? So, one analogy I use is if we were in the auto industry, we would gather our team, we would design, engineer, and refine the outcome in detail. We would procure the components and optimize the integration and then go build a million units. In the building industry, we competitively bid every component on every build, and it's rare that we have the same team back-to-back -back on two projects in a row. So... Slowing down and understanding that we as a team need to communicate better. We need, we have, there are a lot of decisions to be made, most of which we don't know, right? The whole team together will know the outcome. That was another interesting takeaway from the work in Palo Alto back in the day. And that was whoever was in that room at the time, no one else was needed. Like there was no information outside of that group of humans and our collective human experience we could solve anything right there with the folks in the room. That was the assumption and that was the outcome all the time. So collaborating and really sharing and, and getting into the problems together and staying together through the outcome is a challenge on most projects, right? You barely get enough time to have a decent meeting. Um, so I've gotten very serious about achieving outcomes and being serious about it. And rather than in the building industry living out one's life where you're, you're looking at it as a one life cycle um, experience, once you've gained a lot of knowledge in your area of expertise, be it as a craftsperson or an engineer or a banker or a realtor, a developer, etc., cetera, uh, most folks hit that high point in their career and then they you know, put the clutch in and start to plan on retiring. How much of their knowledge is getting invested back into the next generation, literally? How many of their findings over the decades are being memorialized and put into practice in the next generation? Literally. So few, right? And it's so infrequently that that happens at scale. Um, so that idea of people and humans 
um, has led us to, to coin a term of the people-verse, kind of the antithesis of the metaverse, perhaps. And so peopleverse.fm is where you'll find the Peopleverse podcast. It's part of our kind of uh, asset uh, group as tech. And the idea there is that if the building industry is a puzzle, each of us in that puzzle is a puzzle piece by definition. Yet none of us are in charge of the puzzle. So who's in charge of the puzzle? What I determined early on is that no one is in charge of the puzzle. If I'm a banker, I need to be a good banker. If I'm an architect, which I am, I need to be a good architect. It's not my job to go fix the puzzle that is the building industry. But literally, whose job is it? So I determined that what was missing is a neutral facilitator, puzzle builder, problem solver. We need that. But what's the role of that? It's a neutral facilitator. We don't need better people, better products, better process. We just need realignment of the existing puzzle pieces and somebody to take the time to understand the various areas of the puzzle, the roles of each of the pieces and help facilitate that group into better alignment. You can call that collaboration. You can call that, you know, better communication on a given project, etc. But without that force, whether it's a person on a project or a business like ours with intention to be that neutral facilitator for others, uh, without that element, um, it's very difficult to build a regimen of collaboration across, say, the next five projects that involve five different teams. Right? It's hard to build patterns when it's that disparate. So I don't know if all of that is adding up to more clarity for you yet, Tom, but it's a, it's a, they're all related facets of the same issue, which is, there's so many folks and facets to delivering a project, so many decisions to be made, so many products involved, so much information. It's like too many products, too much information, too little time. So how can we improve that? And I think we slow down, we look internally at the team, we value the knowledge that's represented in the team, and we share it, and we stay together knowing that, hey, we're all in this together. So let's do better than we've done before and then start changing that pattern. Well said. Very well said. This is the Modern Architect podcast. We're talking today with Bob Habian, architect, entrepreneur, CEO, and co-founder of Tech App Incorporated. For more information, feel free to visit tech.com. Again, that's T-E-C-T dot com. Our public service announcement for Bob's show today is through Weave and uh Weave is a primary provider of crisis intervention services for survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault in a number of counties through a multidisciplinary through a multidisciplinary effort with in this city, the Sacramento County law enforcement, the commercially sexually exploited children court and child protective services and the district attorney's office. Weave also provides 24-7 response, outreach, and service for victims of sex trafficking. For more information, you can visit their website at weave, W-E-A-V-E, inc.org. Again, that's weave, inc.org. Again, we're talking with Bob Habian, architect, entrepreneur, and CEO, co-founder of tech.com. Bob, if you... Uh, 
you take going back to what you said earlier is that you distill the information into in effect intelligence and applicable uh, steps is there a formal process that you go through that you're at liberty to share as an intellectual property to distill the really complex issues and projects into its most uh, effective and effective outcome there's definitely ip involved and that's because there, there's been a missing piece of infrastructure in the technology landscape in the building industry most of the technology in place today is leveraging information and process um, there are product directories um, there are ways to accelerate, you know, converting a, a sea of data into submittals. Um, you know, BIM models and, and the whole world of BIM really trying to meld, again, information into models, into construction documents. What has been missing is a way to find knowledge and wisdom. So if I am working on a project... There's a moment in that project where I need help. That could be at schematic design. It could be at bid stage. It could be on site during construction. At any stage in a project, many people on that project team need help. So rather than going and looking for information and answers in the form of digital assets, how do you find an expert? How do you find the wisdom that you need in that moment? And what was missing was the antithesis of what's there now. So that's one part of, of the context here. The other is, where do we start? And so knowing that there are many stages of projects that could use help, and that there are many team members that could use help along the way, I'm built to address a specific uh, few communities within the spectrum of project teams. And I'm particularly focused on the early stage of projects. So being an, a licensed architect myself, Having former experience in ownership of a global manufacturing company, having toiled in manufacturing the majority of my career, I found myself in that space between manufacturers of building products and architects and engineers who are trying to make sense out of that information, product information. And what I determined is that the earliest decisions in a project are the most impactful. If those decisions made early are informed decisions, infused with the wisdom of those that really know what they're talking about, then the rest of the project is going to go a lot smoother than if we started the project under-informed, making a lot of wild guesstimates and hoping for the best, only to find out at bid time when contractors are trying to bring reality to all of those previous guesstimates and assumptions, only to find out, hey, this was an under-informed team and process and construction documents set. So for me, I'm focused early projects. I'm focused on the expertise which lies on the manufacturer's side of things most of the time, at least the product and knowledge and wisdom. And so we had to build a platform that could allow me to find those experts by keyword and by project location. And that didn't exist, so we had to build that. And there's definitely IP involved. 
another part of this is flipping the script, right? If I'm a manufacturer and I make products, I need to sell those products. So I hire salespeople to get out there and sell. And an average you know, manufacturer has sales management that looks at their sales team and says, how many specifications have you gotten us this week? Are you out there selling into those projects? Well, as an architect on the receiving end of that, we're just targets in that process. They're trying to get to us, to get to our projects, to place their products in front of us and hope that we'll make those possible to be used in the project. But the key is we don't buy anything. We're architects and engineers. We want to make informed decisions. We would like to access objective, unbiased information. That doesn't really exist. So if we can accept the bias of a manufacturer wanting their products in, in projects, fair enough. Can we get them to stop trying to sell to us? And do we have to wait for them to reach out to us, which is almost always ill-timed? So why not build something that allows the demand side in the moment that we have the need to easily find the wisdom that they need in that moment? So the idea of don't call us, we'll call you, right? So tech is a platform that allows design and, and engineering professionals to enter keywords, enter Project City, and locate the wisdom behind product category experts um, and access those experts in two ways, directly, openly, or in stealth mode, anonymously. Why? Because sometimes I need to make an initial inquiry and I don't want to tell you who I am or maybe I'm under NDA and I can't tell you what I'm working on. But I still want your help. And the key for the supply side is to understand the difference between the, their tactics. Are they trying to pursue projects and opportunities with their products or are they trying to nurture long-term relationships with decision makers? It's a very different set of skills. So in the latter, if they're really committed to being a trustworthy advisor to decision makers who want to make very important decisions, um, they need to be honest. They need to help us. They need to answer our questions, not try to sell us their stuff. And so that's the business that we're in. That's what tech is about. And to, to make it a little more understandable, tech, which is hard to know what you're saying. Is it tech? Is it text? Is it tech? Uh, tech is just the last four letters of the word architect. Tech.com. Um, and so we're, we're rolling out a new platform. Uh, it'll be hitting the market in June of next year. And uh, that, that is what we call the shortest path from keyword uh, to contact. And so we're connecting decision makers with human beings on the wisdom side and empowering teams to access that knowledge and wisdom directly. And that comes in the form of people because that is the shortest path. And in time, AI and machine learning and other things will begin to make strides toward the, the human potential and capacity for wisdom and knowledge. But that is down the road. A lot of people work on it, but collectively uh, being able to leverage it today on a say $50 million project with consequences. Yeah, that's going to require people for now. And so we're just taking the direct path to outcomes by connecting people. Excellent. Outstanding, Bob. Is there anything you would like to share that we may not have touched on or you, you can think of at this moment to, for your audience today? Um, I would just encourage everyone to add to your um, perspective you know, the question of how do I improve outcomes sooner than later? 
So whether you're an innovator, an early adopter, a late adopter, a builder, a banker, uh, you know, a, a cabinet maker, um, in addition to everything you've thought about to date, if you were really um, slowing down and trying to answer the question of how do I get better outcomes sooner, what I think is going to happen is you're going to find that you can't do it alone. It's going to take others with you on that journey. And so I would just urge people to add to their current perspective that question, that context, and begin to understand that we are in this together. We do have the wisdom and the knowledge and the parts and the pieces to do fantastic things now. But it's going to take some vulnerability. It's going to take invitations for better communication. It's going to take honesty. So if I don't want to be sold to, I need to let a sales rep know that. I can't just bite my lip and endure the the sales pitch. Better for me to just say, hey, you know what? I respect that you want to sell your products, but I need your help. And I really believe you have wisdom that's valuable to me, my project, my clients, and future users. Help me out here. Um, So I think putting ourselves in that space. On the venture investment and entrepreneurship side, I would just underscore that second option, which is to focus on adoption rather than just focus on innovation. And with our development of our tool set, which is very much a technology play, it involves optimized search, uh, you know, really uh, finessed algorithm and work done on the technology side. It, its goal is to make it easier to have people connect, kind of like a telephone, right? And that telephone, as they say, is useless unless there's someone on either side of it. And so to me, it's just think about those things. Think about what you're working on, how you can improve adoption earlier than later, um, and participate more with others, and uh, you know, jump in. You're valuable, whether you know it or not. And the last thing I would add is that the wisdom does not only sit on the side of the supply-side manufacturers, clearly, right? There is wisdom in every seat on the team. And so this process is dynamic. We just happen to be focused on that particular context for now, um, but it applies in all directions to all parties. Outstanding. Bob, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you as our guest today. Thank you very much, truly. Thank you, Tom, and and thank you for what you're doing. And so being part of the puzzle yourself, you're a neutral facilitator of communication. You're bringing wisdom, knowledge, experience out to folks in this medium, and it's a valuable piece of the fabric. So thank you for what you're doing and why you're doing it. I'd love to hear a show that interviews you <laughs> so that we can understand more about the you behind this program and some more of that because, again, it happens in all directions. And I, I just honor what you're doing, and I'm uh, honored to be a guest on your show and to be able to connect with your audience. And uh, I look forward to spending more time on your platform to hear more episodes of others sharing their wisdom. Uh, it's exciting, and I'm glad to be a part of that. Thanks again, Tom. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. You've been listening to the Modern Architect Podcast. Our guest today has been Bob Havian, architect, entrepreneur, puzzle builder, problem solver, and CEO and co-founder of Tech App Incorporated. For more information, feel free to visit their website at tech.com.
tech.com. That's T-E-C-T.com, tech.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is made possible by Swatchbox, the leading sample platform for architects and designers. Swatchbox brings thousands of product samples from the world's leading manufacturers into one platform. Browse materials for inspiration, create custom collections, then request your samples for free with automatic next day or second day shipping. Get started at Swatchbox.com.